Okay, hi everybody. The podcast is on purpose, and we are your hosts. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is award-winning, award-winning, yeah, for sure, award-winning, a couple, highly yeah. powerful <laughs> Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Woo! How are you? I'm good. How we, are you? I'm good. I mean, since we last talked, you released a book. Yeah. So by good, I mean exhausted, right. frustrated, <laughs> and I'm staring at, at the Amazon ranking constantly. <laughs> What do you mean 4,000? It was 2,000 a minute ago. If you need to pause at any moment and look at your phone, you just let me know. I understand. I understand metrics and how we live and die by them. I've just got an alert going constantly. So if it changes at all, we'll know and I'm just going to announce it to whoever's listening. Do you have a Google alert on your name? No. Do you? No. No. What? Should I? <laughs> <laughs> no, because then you really will get nothing done. Right. Yeah. There was a time. I'm sorry. I actually want to talk about your book, but first I'm going to make it about me for a second. Um, I, there was a time when we first started sending at the Tribune, when we first started sending certain writers' stories to newspapers around the country where we were told to put a Google alert on our name so that we knew what markets our stuff was showing up in, right? Got it. Makes sense. It 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 never leaves you alone like you will get google alerts constantly and they really tell you nothing right, other right. than that I, I i don't even actually know how they work but anyway i turned it off quickly but but i i know writers who have them on there and I, and i think it i think it is a thing that if you so like your agent right. might have a Google alert on your name. I would imagine or that's true. Yeah. Someone in your publishing house probably right. has a Google alert on your name because they are keeping tabs, right, on like how much yeah. you're yeah. getting mentioned. Yeah, and they'll, where, they'll write me once a day and say something. Nate Burkus posted about your book. <laughs> right, right. Juliana right. Rancic posted about your book. And these are true things. I'm not making that these up. These are true things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but there must be a Heidi Stevens in like Lincoln, Nebraska or something. Then they're probably picking up whatever she's up to as Maybe. well, right? Her Facebook posts or something. Maybe, Does yeah. that work that way? Yeah. Should I change my name to something less common? Huh? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm John Duffy. I mean, if you if you Googled my name, I remember doing it ten years ago before, you know, I'd put any any book out or anything. And John Duffy notoriously is a serial killer in London oh, in God. like the 1800s. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And you do a podcast with yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good for my brand. <laughs> yeah. That's well, that's mostly what shows up. Okay. So for a long time, if you Googled me, um, the description that would pop up, like, you know, your face pops up and then it says who, who you are and what you do. Mine said... Um, Spouse of Michael Phillips. You're kidding. Heidi Stevens, oh. spouse of Michael Phillips. And June, my daughter, told me about it. She's like, Mom, do you know what happens when you Google yourself? Like what it says you are? And I was like, mm, Tribune writer, I don't know. And she's like, nope, spouse of Michael Phillips. And I was like, is this a, is this what? <laughs> is this what? <laughs> um, and it took me like months of back and forth with people at Google to say, like, could you just change it to journalist? Writer. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, or, or or could you change his to spouse of Heidi Stevens? I was going to ask you, <laughs> what is Michael Phillips? Does his say spouse his of Heidi Stevens? American film critic. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was afraid to ask yeah. that question, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it is changed. So now it says, you know, journalist, I think. Well, what, do you, what do you make of that? That's pretty awful, right? I mean, the, the sexism built into that, if I'm reading it right, is pretty blatant. It's bad, but I think I think it's actually a less sinister explanation. He has a Wikipedia page because he's more famous than I am. And 
on his Wikipedia page, I think it lists me as his spouse. I don't have a Wikipedia page. Okay. I'm not there yet. Um, and so I think often what Google does, because it's probably not really humans. Right, right, right. Some robot is right. drawing from Grab his Wikipedia stuff, page. Right. So right. like th- one of the first places that it draws from, the robot draws from, is Wikipedia. So here's my name. Oh, one of the first hits right. right on the internet is that I'm married to Michael Phillips, so that's what it populates with. Got it. So we're not oh. talking about just a sexist robot. I don't who, think so. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> I did I, go to I did go toe to toe with Google on it for a while, and and, and you won. You, 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 yeah. You, yeah. It's got to feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I do wonder how often that goes the other way. Like you know, how often are men described as the spouse of X? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. even if X is Somebody very famous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, anyway, so you wrote a book, and yeah. it's out, and it's great. Thank you. You're welcome. And are you, like, going around doing a bunch of talks about it right yeah. now? Are you? I know you did a two-part interview on Zen Parenting Radio. I did, yeah. and um, if you get a chance to listen to it, Todd and Kathy are amazing, and they make me seem smart, and it's a, it's a great listen if you're... If you want to listen to more podcasts, they're they're a good one. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, let's see. By the time we get this out, I will have spoken last night, I think, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at Lions Township High School in LaGrange. Oh, good. Um, I'll be at Nazareth uh, Academy on the 3rd of October. And I've got some book signings come up, coming up at Anderson's and Barbara's and a couple others. Um, I'm speaking at Whitney Young early next year. Excellent. So I've got a bunch of talks coming up and stuff like that. So it should be, it, it, I, I love this part. This part's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I have one in January. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. so excited about that. I am That's too. the Fan Action Network, yep. right? Yeah. Family Action Network. Family mm-hmm. Action Network. And Paul Tuff is talking with the Family Action Network this week, right? Yeah. Yep. I love this guy. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. He did three talks. I think he's at the Chicago, well, what's today? When? What is today? Today's right? Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, today's his final one. But um, but yeah, I I mean, the th- there's so many things I love about your book. But the the thing that I hope parents who read it take away is that like there's a lot to be aware of right now. There's a lot like it. it, it these are topics that probably you really shouldn't put your head in the sand about and hope that your kids figure it out on their own or hope that, you know, you can just sort of like do it the way your parents did, which was be a little hands off. (laughs) Right, right, right. They'll be resilient and they'll, you know, get through it, even if it's a little tough. I, I, I don't think we could do that anymore. But I also hope people feel when they finish your book, Hopeful, because I do think you do a really lovely job of saying, like, this is a this is a doable thing. This parenting is doable and it actually can be quite joyful um, if you go into it with an open mind about who your kid's going to turn out to be right. Like, like, don't have a preconceived notion about, like, the right school or the right career or the right path. Yep. Um, you know, let them be who they're going to be. Give them a lot of guidance because there's a lot of shit coming at them. Right. Right. A ton of shit coming at them. Um, and you need to know what the shit is so yep. that you're not, that they don't have to introduce you to the shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think that's a big burden for kids. Um, and part of it is a kid said to me recently who had read it. 
Mm. Um, he said, what I like about it is you're basically saying be less formal with your kids. Mm. Like don't, don't change the way you are from the way we were when we were kids. Be yourself. Be, your, be normal point. and be yourself with your kids. And, you know, if you smoked pot in high school, if you tell us that, we're not going to go out and buy pot. Like that, yeah. that, 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 we're not. We're not that stupid. We're not that suggestible. Yeah. You know. But you're relatable if you tell us what your deal is. You know yeah. who you are. But if you're kind of like a million miles away, all of a sudden because we're approaching our teen years, yeah, we don't know what to do with you. You know what I mean? You become an obstacle. That's to such all a good stuff, point, right? Because we talk so much about how our kids change as they get older, but we don't really talk that much about how we change. Yeah, yeah. We get. I think we get anxious, you know. Yeah. Um, and more and more, uh, you know, uh, now I think um, people get anxious about you know their kids becoming teenagers and all of these stressors, the academic stuff and the vaping stuff and, you know, the suicidal stuff, you know, um, we worry about them. Mm-hmm. And so we we act differently and we feel yeah. like, okay, I only have this little window of time. I got to get my message in here fast. Yep. And so we do a lot of talking and we don't do enough listening. And we seem, to a lot of kids, we seem distant and aloof and disconnected and clueless. Yeah. Yeah, too often. Yeah, and probably a little panic struck and also annoyed where I do feel like when kids are little, we're so much better at helping them understand almost constantly how crazy we are about them right? and just how much they light up our world. And then they get to a certain age and we're kind of like, oh, you again, like... What heavy topic do I need to grapple with now? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, Julie's point, my wife's point, um, often she said, if you make no other point, talk about lighting up your world. Like, mm. you know, you know that your kid used to do that. Yeah. And now what are they walking into? They walk into the house. Do you light up or are you kind of like, oh, what happened today? Or right. I looked at the portal. Right. Asshole. Like, <laughs> Way to not turn in four assignments. It, right. I'm right. on to you. Free points. You gave them up. And, yeah. you know, now we got no bumper sticker for the back of the car that says you made the honor roll. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the neighbors have one. <laughs> Guess I can't park on the street anymore. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're shamefully parking in the garage for you. <laughs> That's a suburban joke. Nobody has girls. No, I know. I, I just realized. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know where you're going to go with this. I just lobbed that to you, Heidi. Uh, no, I have a garage. It's just where the rats live, so I don't use it. But anyway, uh, I'm excited about this book. Well, I'm excited that it's in the world. I'm excited that people are going to read it and I think learn so much from it. I'm excited that kids are reading it and I'm excited that kids have parents who are going to have this information now and this guidebook. Yeah. Yeah, right and this yeah, resource. For sure. Yes. No, I'm I'm excited about it too and I have to say I appreciate all your support. I'm really looking forward to doing this fan thing with you. I think yeah. we're going to have a blast. I agree. Yeah. Do you want to say the name of the book? Did we gloss, yeah, uh, gloss right over it. that part? It's it's called it's called Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety. Yeah. Which sounds like a mouthful and it kind of is and there's a lot of I'm not going to say bad news. There's just a lot of challenges that you have to be aware of in there. But to your point, um, in the end, this parenting can still be joyful. And if you spend the vast majority of your time connecting with your kid and talking to them like a person, Mm -hmm. like, you know, instead of trying to get some lecture point across to them, they they know that bit. They know where you're coming from. They know how you feel by and large. 
Um, but you're going to learn a lot from them if you're open to doing that. Yeah, for sure. And new teen in the title. I just want to say this because I think people listen to us whose kids are in various different phases. Um, new teen implies that teenhood doesn't wait anymore until no. 13, 14, 15, right? I no. mean, a lot of the stuff that we think we have to start approaching with our kids when they become teenagers, we really need to start thinking about when they're like eight or nine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and tweenhood, I, I think I know it in there somewhere, has kind of disappeared. So mm-hmm. that cushion, you know, that nice little buffer between childhood and adolescence, that's not really there anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these kids have hard stops, like they stumble upon Pornhub or they have what one kid had, a bad kid drill in mm. kindergarten. Mm. And her her cubby that she had to hide in is close to the door. And so she realizes, oh, the bad kid's going to shoot me first. Mm. The six-year-old, you know, has to go yeah. to her mom and her mom has to keep her shit together and say, oh, the thing you practice for two hours today isn't going to happen. You I know, hope. it's like a right. nightmare, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. This stuff starts young. Yep. Yep. That's um, a, uh, thank you for, for accentuating that point. Because, yeah. Yeah. If you have an eight-year-old, I, I encourage you to buy and read the book because it's relevant to you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, you mentioned Pornhub, which um, got me thinking about this column I wrote this week about the which sounds there is a connection there um that you know this new study came out um in the published in the journal of american medical association um where they asked women ages 18 to 44 whether their first sexual experience was voluntary or forced and the statistics are really a gut punch unbelievable um they you know um based on the percentages of the women, just women ages 18 to 44, um, based on the percentages who said forced, they're estimating that like 3.3 million women in America, um, their first sexual experience was being raped. Yeah. And the woman, the lead author, who's a medical doctor in Cambridge, Massachusetts, said, um, you know, if we asked women of all ages, you know that number would be many millions higher. Yep. Um, so 3.3 million is low. Yeah. By any 3. expert's 3 estimation. 3.3 million is low. And this is a wo- young woman's first sexual experience. Yeah. And it is rape. Right. Good God. How S- awful. So yesterday I wrote about how we can talk to our kids about that. And I think we have to talk to our kids about that. Yeah. Um, and one of the points that I made was that, you know, I think, you know, we can talk about no means no and talk about consent and hope for the best. Um, but I think it's important to understand how often our kids are bombarded with messages that, that detach an actual woman (laughs) from a woman's body. Right. So like, I don't, I, I do think women's bodies still are, not always thought of as sort of fully autonomous or fully human in this culture. And I think that one of the places that happens is porn, right? And, no doubt. And the statistics about kids' access to online porn are really scary. I mean, yeah, like, I, mean, I, I don't know. Um, most if, kids have seen online porn. Vast majority. Yeah. Yeah. Hardly any haven't. And I mean, kids. 
at 12 or 13. Yep. Yep. By 15, they're they're versed in it. You yeah. know what I mean? They know how to access it in the dark web, not just Pornhub. And, you know, it's uh, easy, easy, easy to find. You know, like, yeah. so whereas... And not always on purpose. No. Oftentimes, the first time you see it, it you stumble upon it. Um, I've worked with an uncanny number of boys, Heidi, boys in particular, who stumble upon online porn trying to research something, yeah. right? something completely different than that. Right. And then they stumble upon some website that has a link to something else that has a link to something else. And suddenly there it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So I don't, we don't need to sit here and talk about porn, but um, it, it got me thinking, you know, you saying the Pornhub got me thinking about this column and, and um, I do wonder, you know, what you hear in your practice from boys and girls on this topic. I mean, I heard from um, friends and and readers who I don't know after the column ran about, you know, how they planned to or how they were grappling with how to talk to their own kids about that and about the statistic. And the interesting ones to me were like people who were saying, you know, I I talk to my daughter about this stuff kind of a lot about yep. how to be careful and what to watch out for. And, but I haven't talked to my son that much about it or, yeah. or I find myself struggling to talk to my son about it. I also heard from a mom a couple weeks ago on a different topic who said, my son came to me and said, I'm so tired of people telling me not to be a rapist. And I was like, that's valid too. It I is. mean, you know, these boys walking around with like no intention of harming anyone yep. And sort of being assumed to be on some level a monster, that yeah. can't feel good. Right. No, no doubt. No so doubt. I think everybody's got this, you know, swirl of messages around them that like we got to be better at deconstructing for our kids and helping them make sense of. And and I think for parents, um, it's tricky, right? Because in a lot of ways, most parents I know would rather not broach this with their kids at all, right? Sure. You know, you just, it's like, it, it's icky yeah. and it's, um and and there's nothing that clear about it. You know, there's certain things where you can say like, you know, this is wrong and then it feels, you know, rape clearly is wrong. Um, but to suggest like your son or, you know, might be a rapist, you know, like that, uh, or, you know, you have to warn him not to be, it feels so dissonant mm-hmm. for most parents. And yet I will say that I have since the Me Too movement has started in the last few years, I have had boys in my room several times wondering if they were, mm-hmm. you know, looking back and thinking like, ooh, I think I, I, think I pressed it with this girl yeah. way too hard. And I, you know, I feel bad about it. I, but I didn't even know at the time. I wasn't thinking about it at the time. You right. know, I wasn't thinking no means no. And we get to a certain point, And I thought, okay, well, we're going to go to the end of the point yeah. then, you know. Yeah, cross um, that finish line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if I have to force her. Yep, yep. And, um, and you know, and, and she, one, one boy, you know, in a haunted way a couple of years ago was talking about how upset this girl was. And he was like, why, what's wrong? Like, he really wow. didn't understand what was wrong. So... Um, to presume the kids know what the deal is in this age where, you know, and I don't think it's it's um, uh, a random thought that, that porn is affiliated with this because I think it does kind of take the humanity away from the female body in, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in, a, in a sense. Um, also, the request for nude selfies. Like, yeah. this, is, this is such a common, weird thing that kids do all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, a lot of the girls I work with feel uh, 
beholden to boys. Like I, I should probably do this, and other girls are doing it, right. and so I, I guess I'll, I, it doesn't feel right. You know, yeah. it feels like a violation of some kind, but this is the culture, so I. You know, I'm out somehow socially if I don't play along here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm a prude, or yeah. you know, there's something wrong with me. So the messages the kids are getting are so messed up about this. You know, and I think they're really, really kind of flailing in the wind, trying to figure out where they ought to be uh, sexually. Yeah, yeah. What do girls say about? I mean, do girls talk to you about having? a similar experience to what these statistics are I'm afraid showing? so, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, what I would love to say I'm super shocked by what you wrote, but if I were to poll the girls and young women that I've worked with, I would say it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these girls' first experiences, mm-hmm. were not just one, but several were, were rapes. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, it's harrowing. I was going to say interesting, but that's not quite right. It's harrowing to hear them talk about it sometimes because for a lot of girls that I've worked with, they seem almost dismissive of it, almost Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, I shouldn't make a big deal out of it. A lot of girls go through this, you know, um, he was a really nice guy, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, we were dating, so, you know. Let's, we don't even have to talk about it, you know. Wow. So I, I went through this horrible, violating sexual trauma. Well, I'm in therapy, and this probably has nothing to do with what I'm struggling with. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. We absolutely need to talk about this. But yeah. there's this feeling like, you know, so many girls go through this. It's kind of normal and ordinary. So yeah. let's talk about what's going on with my parents or you know, math. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I mean, do you think there are ways that we should be just day in and day out talking to our boys to help them connect the, you know, the feelings of a of a girl and the feelings of women to the actual bodies of girls and women? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, here's here's a thing about teenage boys I have learned is. Um, there is this kind of uh, there's this top layer um, that is teenage boyish bravado and feelingless mm-hmm. and you know I've got to be tough and you know and, and, and women are conquests and mm-hmm. you know kind of there's this old school kind of locker room thing yeah. that that plays out but it takes a moment and I mean a moment to get below that surface yeah and um, almost to a boy. They don't want to. They don't want to hurt women. They right. don't dislike women. They don't right. want to abuse women. What they they want to connect with women. Right. They 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 love girls and yeah. they want to find a way by straight boys, you know, yeah. and uh, gay boys, I suppose as well. But they want to connect with them mm-hmm. um, on a real level. Boys just as much as girls want to be in relationships. You know, like the hookup culture doesn't appeal to boys when you dig down below the surface any more than it appeals to girls. You mm-hmm. know, like but the key is. You got to get them talking about it. They, yeah. ha- you, you know, you have. They have to hear their own voice say the words. Yeah. And in order to let that happen, it's way easier from where I sit. I'm a therapist. This is not my kid, typically. So, um, but I think for parents, it's incumbent, and it's not that hard. Yeah. Because once you get that conversation going, kids can find their voice. Yeah. But you've got to create space for it. You know, and and I well, think we sorry go we ahead. escape a lot. We escape a lot of this potential 
rape in the future, you know, or sexual assault of some kind in the future, if we can get boys thinking about how they feel about themselves and about girls and about bodies and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But we adults have to be the adults and we have to be willing to engage in those conversations, even if it's a little awkward. Yeah. You know, if you read Heidi's column from yesterday, the risks are enormous, right? We're talking about girls being raped as their first sexual experience. Yeah. Think about the like the the landscape that that forms for them for a lifetime about how they think about it. Right. Which is actually what the study, the objective of the study was to look at the long-term effects of this. I'm more interested in like, how the fuck do we stop this from being a reality? But yeah, the study had that, that exact objective to look at the long-term consequences. But, um, I also find myself needing (laughs) that, you know, (laughs) having this like very, you know, um, deep, deep need to, combat a message anytime it comes up for my son or my daughter that I think is out there all the time, which has got to be confusing for boys and for girls. Um, That like, I think boys still learn still in 2019 are still told that like, you know, it's your job to talk her into sex. It's your, it's your, that's your role. Like you, she's going to say no. It's you got to keep pushing until she says yes. She's just saying no so she doesn't look like a slut or she's just saying no, but she really means yes. Or like, I just think there's so many messages still out there that imply that. And so, you know, I again, I'm like a broken record on, you know, the stupid Christmas song that, you know, the decorative holidays are like all of these like little messages, even the dress code stuff. It's like, you know, yeah, she thinks that's okay to wear, but we're going to tell her why it's not. Yes, it's her body that she dressed, but come on, we know better. Like there's a lot of she's asking for it. That's obvious. Right. We know this. Right. There's a lot of like we can't quite quite trust girls to take care of themselves or say what they mean. Um, So, so it's your job to read between the lines, interpret it for her, boss her around a little and, and man up, man up, man up. Right. Adults reinforce that more than anyone. Men. Pop culture reinforces that men and women. I mean, a lot of these dress code stories, that swimsuit. That's true. You're right. That ref. Who took away that high school girl's win because her suit showed too much of her bottom? That ref was a woman. Um, so, like, I mean, these are women are not immune from That's internalizing and reinforcing sexist BS at all. Right. Um, I mean, it, it it often to me seems to be generational, but I don't know that it always breaks down by. Gender, but anyway, that's no, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a whole separate podcast. But. but but an important point. I mean, I think you're right that it is not by gender, and I think there are uh, just maybe just as many women as men. I, I've talked with and worked with more men, yeah, who give these messages to their boys. Kind yeah, of this like you know, like exactly what you're saying. Like you know, you got to read read between the lines, right? And then there's a little Soldier bit of like, on. that's my boy, you know, yep. like uh, you know, he he got there, and somehow that's. That's a kind of, some kind of a check mark in your report card as a dad, you know, Ugh. like which is horrifying yeah. but true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, did you ever see that Amy Schumer bit where it was like a Friday Night Lights satire? Yeah. It was brilliant and horrifying. Horrifying, but yeah, she yeah. compares sort of the f- football language, right, yep. to scoring. Yeah, yeah. 
and and defeating. Yep. Right. Yes. So like you know, don't be stopped by the nose. Don't be stopped by the putting up a fight. Like yep. you gotta press on and and yep. conquer. Yep. And I, you know, I think that it's on all of us to see that kind of stuff and call it out and help our kids make some sense of it. Like a lot, a lot, like often, not like not one dinner conversation, but like a bunch of dinner conversations. And that's huge, right? Because the sex talk used to be like a one and done thing and ineffective. You know what I mean? I think a generation ago, you know, I, I never, my parents never Talk, said the word sex in Same. our house, right? Yeah. Is that right? I think they're surprised I have children because I would have had to... They, <laughs> they look like me. They clearly are my biological... How did that happen? Right. Yeah. We didn't train any of this into you. Um, and, and at the risk of self-promotion. So you were saying in my book, I'm saying, oh, a lot of the talks that you're going to have with your teenager at 12 or 13 or 14, you need to initiate at seven or eight or nine. Yeah. This is one of them. And that doesn't mean you sit your seven-year-old down and you start talking about rape. Right. But it would be interesting, and I, and it usually is, to take to, to sit down with a young child, boy or girl, and talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're aware. Sex is on TV. Sex is on their phones and pads and everything they're looking at. They're aware of the fact that it's there and pretty aware of what it is. And just to get them talking about, like, you know, so... Some people feel like it's not very fair the way it happens. You know, mm-hmm. like you, there, there's probably language you can introduce to a very young child. Yeah. And what I love to hear young ch- kids talk about is um, to get them talking about, like, what do you think we ought to do about it? Mm-hmm. And the ideas they come up with, if you can get – because it's almost always kind. It's yeah. almost always yeah. like, you know, well, you, you can't hurt anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's this idea – before all the bullshit comes along, yep. they do hold these ideas of you, that, that, the pillars that we teach them when they're really young. Right. And if we can get them talking about that when they're young, maybe they hold on to that as they get older. Totally. Yeah. I also think that, you know, it, what can maybe trip up some parents about talking about it with kids too young is the idea of, you know, like sex is just this like weird concept that they're not, I'm not ready to go there with my seven year old or whatever. I, I think because, you know, rape is not about intimacy and pleasure and all the things that sex should be about. It's about power and abuse. Right. I I think you can just say attacked or abused. Like you can, I mean, when I have talked to my son about different, like, it's usually an NFL player who's been accused of something. I say, you know, a, a woman says he attacked her or a woman says he was abusive to her. And and now, you know, he's in fifth grade and he's getting older and we can have, you know, a little bit more candid conversations. But when he was younger and he would say like, ah, oh, why is he out this Sunday? And, you know, I had read the news stories and I would say attacked or abused. And those are accurate words. Way I guess more important words. It doesn't need to have, you know, which body part was involved, right. right? It's the fact that someone took their power and abused it. Absolutely. Um, or there's an accusation of someone having taken their power and abused it and hurt someone. Yep. And like that's at the heart of this topic, Absolutely. right? You harmed an individual, yep. right? Or, you know, this individual says you harmed her, you yep. attacked her. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I don't even think if you're not ready to go to the sex part of it with your kid. You, it's not important. Yeah. You That's that, those have, words aren't important. Right. It's yeah. the power imbalance. Yeah. It's the abuse of power. It's yep. the, yeah, the taking away someone's agency and, you know, not listening to what they want done or not done to their 
body. And when I think about, like, you know, you're talking with Will, and I know Will knows a lot about football, and a lot of, a lot of kids do, and um, for better or worse, athletes, you know, there, there are stories that show up all the time about, about sexual assault. And if you, you can take the word sexual out of it when right. you're talking to younger kids, you, this is assault. Somebody mm-hmm. hurting somebody else, you know, and what do you think about that? You right. know, and um, that's just, we, we don't want that to happen. We never want to be that guy, you right. know? Right. Yeah. And we don't want to allow that to happen either. Um, You know, and with the right discussions, um, kids rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I I probably have, I I know I've said this on um, the podcast I do with Julie, but there was a, I witnessed a really profound moment at a, I went to a school without fraternities or sororities or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my son did not. So my first frat party I went to when I was like 50. <laughs> Honestly. I'm sure they were glad when you walked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that someone's dad? I tore the place up. Um, so, and your vest. Did you have a vest on? I did. I did. I had a vest on. <laughs> wow, that's a dad in a vest. It was a, it was a pi five. No, I don't know what it was. In any event, I don't know. The Greek letters mean, are Greek to me. Yeah. I don't even know what they mean. Um, so, um, at this party, there were, um, there, there's a couple of kids who have to stay sober, the pledges, right? Um, this particular night, if I remember right, my son and my nephew happened to be the sober guys. Mm. And, um, and there's a guy who they literally called Dirty Mike. And Dirty Mike was, you can tell that that his dancing with this girl was heading to a dark place. And you could tell he was on his way upstairs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it was uh, palpable. And, um, and I watched Jack and George. And I'm not, this isn't about Jack and George, even though I'm really proud of both of these boys. <laughs> but, um, but they got together for a second. I kind of watched this from afar. They went up to Mike and they said, Dude, break it up. It's not going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like take it easy. And, and ask the girl, you know, are you okay? You need to ride home. And, and what could have been certainly a sexual assault, yeah. I think, was easily, you know what I mean? Easily yep. dismissed. Like, oh, yep. dude, come on. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Like, and, judgment's you know, not where it needs to be. Right, right, Hers right. Hers isn't either. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call tonight. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I think if, if we're vigilant for each other, you know, yeah. and if young people are vigilant for each other, um, that's another way to kind of mitigate some of this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily the only way because I do think we have to talk to our boys about this power thing, you know, yeah. and, and, and what that means and change our messaging for them upside down, right. you know, because I, I do think we still, still in you know, 2019, give our kids this message exactly like you're saying that this is a power thing and you, you have to win the power thing, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you've, you're a loser right. to some extent, right? right. Yeah. 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 It becomes this victory. And that, and if someone's winning a victory, then someone lost, yep. right? Yep. And um, ooh, this is going to be, this is going to sound horrible, but this, this I've heard from more than one boy that... Um, there's this race, you know, that boys feel bad about themselves if they haven't had sex by X age. Mm-hmm. And so I think the inclination toward rape and sexual assault becomes there's a press for it yeah. when you hit a certain age, yeah. you know. Um, and yet a lot of boys are lying. Any, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, because they're talking a, a big game, um, they're, they're lying to each other. 
and acting as if they've done a whole lot that they haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of them trade on the vagueness of the term hooking up, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and, you know, I hooked up with like three girls last night. Yeah. You know, meaning what? What? You know right. what I mean? Like and um, and yet. Boys will t- other boys will take this personally and think like, oh, no, I'm not winning. Right. You know what I mean? I'm a wuss. Yeah. 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 Terrifying, right? This Ugh. is a bad message. I know. It's not- I want to feel like that ended in like the 80s, uh, yeah. you know, with no. like 16 candles bullshit. Right. But it's like still going on. No. I mean, did you read the Molly Ringwald piece about a year yes. ago? Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. So good and so horrifying depressing. in a way, I right? Know. Really depressing. Yeah. But I, I think I think we want to end this on some kind of an upbeat note, yeah, right? Let's. So so um, there, we adults we have some agency over this. We can change the messaging to our kids, but we can't just blow it off. We can't right. ignore it, even yeah. if it's uncomfortable. And that's that's the key. And I love your idea of assault, and this is hurting somebody. You yeah. can talk to even really young kids about that, and they young kids hold on to that righteousness. And now teenagers are really good people. Yeah. And if you use that kind of terminology, it will resonate with them. But I think they need to hear it from us. Well, especially when you look at, and then we really will wrap this up, but when you look <laughs> at the the details, you know, because the, the survey, you know, asked women if the experience was voluntary or forced and then asked some details about the forced experiences. Right. And they talked about the percentage of women who were physically held down, the percentage of women who were physically threatened. It, if you if you look at the act of holding someone down to do something they don't want done to them, it doesn't even have to be about intercourse or oh. it doesn't have to be sexual at all. It's just wrong. It's always wrong. Right, it's right, just right. always wrong. It's and hurting I think, somebody really badly. I think a, Traumatizing I think someone. maybe a, a, a teenager could get his or her head around how wrong it is to hold someone down. Yeah. Maybe more easily than it is to like take it a little farther than they right. might have wanted you to sexually. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like holding maybe somebody down is against their will too, right? Holding someone down, yeah. Physically threatening someone like right. that feels that feels black and white. Like, oh yeah, I, w- I would never do that. Yeah. But then you throw sex in the mix. Does that make it grayer? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But in their mind, has it made it grayer? So like maybe we need to be doing a better job about talking about these things as attacks, right? as assaults, as physical like altercations, although altercation sounds like the person's fighting back. And maybe in some of these cases, the girls have given up and decided not to even fight back. I'm sure, you know, obviously every instance is different. So uh, I don't right, like the right, word right. altercation is my point. But, but, but the idea that like maybe it muddies it when we you know, avoid the topic a little bit because it's sex or we, you know, blur the topic a little bit because it's sex. And that's, you know, a topic where you have all the cultural messaging of like, well, maybe she just doesn't want to seem like a slut or maybe it's like, no, if you have physically held someone down, if you have physically threatened someone, you are in bad, bad territory. That, that, that's actually a really clean message, right? I mean, that, that, couldn't be more clear, and you don't even have to introduce the idea of sex because you're right. Not this rape, you know, notoriously has nothing to do with sex, really. You know, right. it has to do with power, right? And um, and and sometimes hate. You know, I have to say, I, I have worked with. <laughs> we keep going down these horrible rabbit holes, but <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you know, I've worked with men who have this resentment of women for 
holding sexual power somehow, mm-hmm. right, over them, dominion, you know, like, you know, and nobody's ever, no, no girl or woman has ever been attracted to me or mm-hmm. shown that, and so, you know, I'm going to make my point this way, mm-hmm. you know, so somehow we've got to bring in some messaging about that, you know what right. I mean, about what we want those relationships to look like, you right. know what I mean? So when when you do talk about sex and relationships and and love and what that's all really about, right. you know, that's an important discussion to have too. To your point, it's probably a separate discussion. Yeah. It's probably not the same one. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They need to happen sort of side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, aren't you, I mean, to totally torture a metaphor, but like, aren't you... <laughs> In, uh, you know, ideally, if you're having like the kind of sex you should be having, relationship or marriage or not, like you're holding hands across the finish line, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. Someone's not running across and the other person's left behind. Like it's not (laughs) actually uh, who got their way and who didn't. It's like we both like we needed each other to finish this race. Yeah. Right. Sex should probably be a win-win. It should be a a (laughs) win-win every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And that's not a bad message, right? You know what I mean? Almost every interaction in a good relationship is a win-win. Right. And that's not always going to happen, but certainly in that situation, it should. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, don't go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a bad message either. Otherwise, don't go there. Yeah. You know, like just next time or three times from now or with a different person. And, And listen. Listen to the messages. Read the room. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and to, you know, to to, to torture just an idiom that's been used over and over again. No means no, man. Like there's there's no gray area in there. You know what I mean? Like so that idea of, you know, like keep pressing. This is Mm -hmm. that this is part of the dance. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Yep. Yeah. Ignore the baby. It's cold outside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Messaging. Right. That still goes on, even though it's no longer the 40s. Oh, God. I know. I know. We set a bad precedent with that song. My God, right? It's just adorable. It's super cute. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think we've taken up enough of people's time. I think we have. Um, So uh, hopefully that gives you something to think about, you know, and to talk to your kids about. This is on purpose. Anything anything coming up for you? What's going on in your career? No, nothing. I have nothing Nothing is happening. Nope. You can read Heidi every single day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes Saturdays. Sometimes, all right, Saturdays and Sundays. Sometimes Sundays on the front page, like this past Sunday, of the Chicago Tribune. This is on purpose. We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks, guys.